Well, yeah, good morning. Thank you guys so much for coming this morning. As Pastor Simon said, my name is John, one of the leaders here at the church, and just super happy to be with all you guys this morning. And uh, yeah, if you're a guest here, welcome. We're so happy to have you with us. And once again, moms, just thank you guys so much um, for just everything, the way you just sacrifice, and uh, we just appreciate you guys so much. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> my wife is a mom. We have three kids. And uh, after a, a long week, my wife's absolute favorite thing is to curl up on the couch, like Friday night, curl up on the couch with a cozy blanket, that is a must, and get a big bowl of popcorn and some boba tea and watch a good movie. And so most, uh, which I am totally okay with all of the above, and so most Friday nights, like, that's, that's where you can find us, just on the couch, chilling, drinking boba, and watching a movie. And uh, so we've been, what we've been going through right now is um, we've been going through the Marvel Avengers series, and we've seen most of those movies before, like, in kind of, like, a random order. But uh, this is the first time we've actually gone through those movies in order, and we're working our way through right now. And so thank goodness for Disney Plus for that. And, uh, you know, going through those movies... You know, one person that gets a crazy amount of screen time, uh, considering his lack of skill and ability, compared at least to the other Avengers, is Hawkeye. Like, he gets a huge amount of screen time for considering the fact that he can only shoot a bow and arrow. And, uh, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about if you've seen at least a couple of the movies. Like, uh, but, uh, you know, what Hawkeye really has going for him, though, is that he's an incredibly humble guy. Like he's a very, very humble guy. And what he does is he earns the trust and respect of the other Avengers. And, uh, you know, most notably Black Widow, of course. But uh, he earns their trust and respect because he is just such an unassuming and, like, humble guy. And he's just there to, like, love and serve. So this theme of humility is everywhere in the Bible. <laughs> humility or not humility, <laughs> is everywhere in the Bible. No matter where you look, open up the Bible, pick a page, humility or pride, one of those two is right there. Go back all the way to the very beginning, the first story, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you see them choose to not act in humility and instead choose to act in pride and say that I'm gonna trust, they, they wanted to trust themselves and the serpent rather than God. Uh, and in so doing, they took the fruit and ate of that and then all the, the bad things happen as a result of that. Moving on through the Old Testament, we see all kinds of different examples of humility and pride. And one of the more notable examples is this guy named Gideon. And Gideon, Gideon's awesome. He's just like this regular guy, this no-name guy from a no-name family from the most insignificant clan in one of the tribes of Israel. And God shows up and he says, Gideon, I want you to lead my people Israel. I want you to lead them into battle against their enemies. And Gideon's like, <laughs> me? <laughs> and, uh, and so he works through all of his perceived weaknesses and his fears and all of that. And he works those out with God and he ends up stepping out in tremendous faith and humility and chooses to like trust God and lead Israel into battle. And then you continue moving throughout the rest of the Old Testament and into the New Testament. And finally, we see like the climax of not only like the Bible, like the climax of this whole biblical narrative, but also the greatest example of humility that's like, that's ever been seen, which is 
God himself choosing to humble himself and become a man. The God who created everything chose to become small, like a man in Jesus Christ. And he entered into a time of greater lack, greater poverty, and a greater level of suffering that us here in like this day and age, like we just, we just don't, we just can't understand. We just don't know what that was like back then. Um, but, but our God was willing to enter into the middle of that. The theme of humility is everywhere in the Bible. And even for like us, if you're a Christian here, like your journey as a Christian began with, a, it began with an act of humility. Like you being willing to say, I trust in Jesus more than myself. I want to follow Jesus more than I even want to follow myself. That is such a big act, like an incredible act of humility to be, to be able to make that statement. But humility isn't just present when we like first become Christians. We, we as Christians, we're, we're supposed to grow in humility as time goes on. The longer we walk with Jesus, the more like him we should become and the more humble of a people we should become. So that like our last day here on earth as a Christian should be our, technically our humblest day. Humility is something we should want to grow in over time. And why? <laughs> why? Why do we want to grow in humility? Why is that such a big deal? Because with humility comes grace. And grace is the best. <laughs> grace is the absolute best. With humility, as we walk in humility, God pours out onto us this incredible, abundant grace. Which enables us to do the things and, the think, and to think the things that we otherwise cannot do. As we are filled with his grace, we are able to live the lives that he has purposed and planned for us to live. For which we are incapable of doing just in and of our own effort. Uh, that is why grace is so amazing. One of the best examples of humility that we find in the Gospels, which are the four books about Jesus, or, or rather the four books uh, telling the story about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke and, Luke, and John. One of the best examples of humility that we can find in there is uh, the story of the Canaanite woman. Story of the Canaanite woman. So if you, got, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and pull those out, and let's open up to the book of Matthew, chapter 15. And we're going to be looking specifically at verses 21 through 28. Okay. So Matthew chapter, chapter 15, starting in verse uh, 21. This is the, entitled, The Faith of the Canaanite Woman. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word, and his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, and even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, 
great is your faith. (laughs) Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. There are three main principles of humility that we can pull out of this passage. Number one, humility begins with us turning to Jesus, looking to him in any given situation in our life. This is what the Canaanite woman does, is that in her distress, she doesn't just go to herself to try and figure this thing out. She turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, I need you. I need you to, uh, to help. Uh, typically, our default in handling life is that we go internal and try and just work it out in our heads. And sometimes we might let God in a little bit, but typically, we're just trying to figure it out on our own. And that's how it typically looks. But that's not what the Canaanite woman does here. In her distress, she goes to Jesus and she says, help. She takes it from being what is typically just a monologue with herself and says, no, I want a dialogue with Jesus and I want him him to help me through this process. For me, when I'm at work, uh, so I'm an engineer, I work at Intel in a fab. And when I'm at work in any given day, I am I'm bombarded with problems and issues and different things that I face like throughout the day of things that I need to fix or uh, yeah, different situations that I need to figure out, okay, what's the next step for this? I need to handle like difficult like relational dynamics or difficult people. And I'm trying to just like navigate these waters like on the fly. And if you look at my head through that whole process, uh, it's mainly me just getting into the zone and just focusing in and doing my best to just problem solve on the fly and just try and like, and just figure it out as I go. And what I find though, is that I actually go hours at times without even thinking about God, without having a conversation with him and talking about the things that are going on in my head. Uh, My default is so inward oriented. If I don't know something, like maybe I'll go like ask somebody that like knows a little bit more about that particular topic. But, uh, but then I'll just come back to me <laughs> and I'll work it out and I'll figure it out uh, and I'll come up with a solution. But very seldom do I make it a dialogue between me and Jesus about what's happening. I need to have less of an inward orientation with how, about, how I go about my work and how I go about my life and more of an outward orientation where it's me and Jesus doing it together. Now, if my main goal in all of that was that, you know, in my work and in my life was to just get the job done, like do a good job, uh, get it done. And, uh, you know, if that was my main goal, then what I'm doing currently is just fine. I can just keep it in monologue with myself. And just, uh, just with my own wisdom, even though it's not mine, it's like God that gives it to me anyways, I just don't acknowledge him. But like in my own like wisdom, just keep figuring out and I'm, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But the thing is, is that the problem is, is that I'm a Christian, which means that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, which means that my deepest, like most base desire is that, is not to just get the job done. I wanna grow in my relationship with him. That's what I want more than anything else. I don't wanna just do my job. I don't just wanna live my life. I wanna grow in my relationship with him. I wanna grow in my love for him. I wanna come to a greater understanding of his love for me. 
I want to talk to him more. I want to build our relationship. Like, that's what I want more than anything else. And if you're a Christian in here, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you too. That is the deepest desire in your heart as well, is to know the love of God more and to grow in your relationship with him. How does that happen? You talk, just like any other relationship. And if I go hours without talking to God, I'm not growing that relationship. I'm getting really good at thinking that I'm really good at my job. But that's not what a Canaanite woman does. She doesn't isolate herself. She doesn't go all Western individualistic on this whole thing. She's like, nope, (laughs) I need Jesus. And I want to talk to him about what's on my mind. Number two, humility rejects fear of man. Humility rejects fear of man. This woman is pouring herself out to Jesus. Like she, you can just picture her on her knees, like pleading with him, pouring out her heart before Jesus. And uh, this isn't though just her and a nice little her and Jesus moments. This isn't just her and Jesus on their own. No, like they're actually surrounded by a ton of people that are watching all of this happen. <laughs> like onlookers are like, they're, they're watching this woman pour herself out to Jesus. Most notably, the 12 disciples. The 12 disciples are standing right there watching this woman like pour herself to, out to Jesus. And you would think that they are like watching this happen and that they're just filled with compassion for this woman. You would think that that's where the 12 disciples are at, but they're actually not. They're actually making comments about her. They're like, Jesus, like, you don't have time for this lady. Uh, just let's go, Jesus. You don't have time for this. She's not a Jew. She's not an Israelite. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Uh, what the woman does is that she rejects her fear of man. <laughs> and she cares more about Jesus' opinion of her than their opinion of her. <laughs> she cares more about what God thinks about her, holds that in higher regard than what other people think about her. And that is really difficult to do. This past week, I was, uh, <laughs> I was loading some product onto a cart and then taking that cart over to like the next station in the process and then like loading that on. And I, I'd only done this like a few times and so I was, uh, I was wanting to go just really slow and carefully and all this stuff. And uh, there were some other guys on my team that were watching me do this. And uh, <laughs> one of them was like, hey John, do you need to be trained up on how to do that? And it wasn't like, uh, you know, like a genuine like, hey John, like, like, do you have any questions? Can I help you? Like, that kind of thing. Like, a genuine, like, he just wants, like, no. Like, he's just making fun of me. And, uh, <laughs> and there were other guys there, too, so it was just awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and, like, in that moment, I mean, I didn't have to even, like, try and muster. It was just so, such an automatic reflex. I just felt a rush of pride like well up inside of me and I just needed to defend myself. I just needed to explain myself to him. He just needed to know like why I was doing this. I just needed to justify myself like before him. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just totally gave into my pride in that moment and just explained to him like why I was going slow and why I was taking my time and like all this stuff. And uh, I just felt like right after I did that, I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of like nudge me and just be like, John, it's okay to be misunderstood. It's okay to not have to justify yourself to other people and explain yourself. 
it is okay to not look impressive to other people. Because I see you, I know you, and I'm pleased with you. And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) I forgot. Yeah, this fear of man is so real. Um, But this Canaanite woman looks fear man in the eye and says, nope. Number three, uh, humility is contagious, and I love this one. Humility is so, so contagious. It's the best. Uh, It's um, all it takes, and all, all it takes is like one person, one humble person, and humility just spreads. Like all of a sudden, other people want to be humble too. They want to go there too. Uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. And I think most of us probably like intuitively know this and have, exper- have experienced this at different levels. Like one like really, really clear example is in, uh, in Ecclesias. So Ecclesias are a small group here at Grace City. They're small groups. And, uh, you know, what typically happens is that a leader poses a question and, <laughs> and it could be like a pretty deep question. So if you actually answer it, okay, you got you to gotta go pretty deep. You got to get raw. You got to get real. You got to really humble yourself to be able to answer it. And the leader poses the question, and then there's always that awkward silence, and everybody's kind of looking at each other and being like, hey, is somebody going to, like, break the ice? Is somebody going to, like, actually speak up here? <laughs> and, and, uh, and then there's always just this one courageous person that is like, yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go there. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to say what I really think. I'm going to say what I really struggle with and just get real. And, uh, but then once that one person breaks that ice, Oh, it's awesome because it's just like the floodgates just, just get let loose and all of a sudden everybody wants to share. Everybody wants to be honest. Everybody wants to be real. And uh, everybody just wants to be known. <laughs> oh man, humility is so contagious. Now, the woman, the Canaanite woman, she got real. She, got, she humbled herself to like the greatest extent bef- before Jesus and before everybody else. And the question is, is did, that, did that spread? Was that contagious? Did that have an impact to other people that are watching this all happen? To the 12 disciples, were they impacted at all by this woman? Uh, And just looking at this passage, it's not clear. We don't know whether or not they were impacted at all. A couple years ago, my my wife shared with me a uh, a prayer. And... uh, (laughs) This prayer, it rocked me. Oh man, it rocked me. And over the last couple of years, I've gone back to this prayer literally dozens of times because it just, to this day, still impacts me that much. This prayer is called a litany. A litany is a form of prayer that is very repetitive. Uh, and this litany is called the litany of humility. It's actually pretty famous. Probably some of you guys have heard of it. Uh, and uh, it's a couple hundred years old. It's very old school. I like that. And um, I wanted to share with you guys just like an excerpt out of the, the litany of humility. You guys ready for this? Okay. Like I said, it's a little repetitive, so hang in there. But just like listen into to the words that I'm saying. Okay. Lord Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. 
from the desire of being praised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Those are really hard words to say. It's a hard prayer to pray. Really hard. But there is, there is something in those words that you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, that it just, uh, there's something inside of us that says, I want to be so secure in the love of God that I could actually walk in that kind of humility. <laughs> I want to be so secure in the love of God that I could actually walk in that level of humility and be that selfless and that for other people. Why do we want that? <laughs> because with humility comes grace. With that kind of humility comes an outpouring of such overwhelming and abundant grace. Oh, I want that. I want that kind of grace. Grace to be able to say, <laughs> grace to be able to be okay um, not being praised by other people, not being esteemed by other people, not being seen by other people, not being honored by other people because I'm seen and praised and honored by him. The grace to be able to say that I'm okay not being chosen by other people because I'm chosen by him. The grace to be able to say, I'm okay not being preferred to other people because I was preferred by him. The grace to be able to say, I'm okay being humiliated in others' eyes because I'm not humiliated by him. The grace to be able to say, I'm okay being unnoticed and even forgotten by other people because I'm not unnoticed and I'm not forgotten by him. That's the kind of grace that I want. That's the kind of love and security that I want to have in Jesus Christ. And when we walk in this kind of grace, he pours that kind of grace into our hearts, into our souls. And he gives us a love that is his love. It's a love that is supernatural in nature. It's not of our own. It's not something that we can muster in and of our own self. And he gives us his very heart 
for other people. And he enables us to love them as he loves them. He enables us to hear people out and listen and have compassion and have a heart and have patience for other people in a way that he has a heart for them. He is compassionate and he is patient and he is kind and he loves him. He loves them. He enables us to actually walk in this kind of a grace and be able to actually live out the plan and purposes that he has for our life for which we were saved and for which we were, we were saved and designed for and that we can actually now walk in this, in this calling and be the blessing that we were saved for. Amen? This is the kind of grace that comes with that kind of humility. I want that. I want that. Let's look back to uh, let's look back to Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye, uh, you know his humility. You know what that led to? His humility led to uh, him earning the trust of Wanda, which then essentially unleashed her to be able to then go Rambo on everyone. <laughs> that is what his humility led to. His humility led to a a power that was then unleashed that was far greater than what he could do in and of himself. And then let's take a look at the author of this story of the Canaanite woman, Matthew. The question remains is that did this woman's humility have an impact on the people that were watching? Did it have an impact on the 12 disciples? Did it have an impact on Matthew? And the answer to that question is a resounding, yes, it did. Yes, it did. This woman's humility had a profound impact on Matthew. Out of all the four gospels, Matthew is the only one that recorded this particular story, which leads one to believe that this story and this, her humility had a profound impact on him. There are so many stories and so many things that Jesus did, so many miracles, so many things that he said that Matthew could have included, but nope, he chose this story. Um, he wanted this one in his gospel. He watched as Jesus went and ministered to a woman who was from a different ethnicity and from a different culture. And he went and watched, watched him go minister to her. And that's a, one has to wonder, did that impact him? Well, when Jesus died, buried, and, and resurrected, and then he poured out his spirit upon the 12 disciples on Pentecost, and Matthew was filled with the spirit of God, God poured into him a lo, a lo, his own heart, his own love. He poured that into Matthew. And what he gave Matthew was a heart for the nations. And in fact, he put a na nation on Matthew's heart. He said, go to Ethiopia. Believe it or not, St. Matthew went to Ethiopia. And so Matthew says, okay, just like the Canaanite woman was from a different culture and different ethnicity, I'm going there. And so he goes and leaves Jerusalem, leaves his home country, goes down through Egypt to the country of Ethiopia. And church tradition holds that Matthew ended up leading so many people to Jesus through his preaching, so many people came to faith in Jesus that even the king of Ethiopia's niece became a Christian, which then led to a series of events that ended up leading to Matthew's martyrdom in the country of Ethiopia, paying the ultimate, doing the ultimate act of humility and giving his life for an entire people, an entire country, so that they might know the love that is to be found in Jesus Christ. Matthew walked... <laughs> in the humility of the Canaanite woman. And what was unleashed through him was a grace, a power. It's far beyond what he could have anticipated. It's a great city. This week, let's choose to, let's choose to look to Jesus in our, 
all the different issues and stressful situations that we face, stressful, not stressful, whatever it is. Let's just choose to look to him in the middle of that. Not just look to getting the job done, but growing our relationship with him, having more of a dialogue with him and less of just a monologue with, our, with ourselves. And as a result, see our relationship with him grow. Let's choose to, in an act of humility, great act of humility, choose to reject fear of man and say, Jesus, I care about your opinion. <laughs> I care about your opinion more than their opinion. And actually choose to really believe that more this week. And as we walk, as we choose to walk in this kind of humility, let's choose to receive the abundance, overflowing grace that comes with it. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for showing the way, Lord Jesus. You're not a God who is like removed from us, that looks down on us and asks us to live a certain way and do certain things that you yourself weren't willing to do. You were willing to, to make yourself small and, and become a man and live all of these things and endure all of these things and experience all of these things that we all experience, all to show <laughs> you are, there is no one as trustworthy as you, Lord Jesus. There is no one that we can trust with our lives more than you. There is no one that we can give our hearts and our affections and our allegiance that deserves our hearts and affections and allegiances more than you, Lord Jesus because you were willing to go there. You were willing to humble yourself. And thank you, Lord Jesus, so much that we now get to receive the grace to be able to humble ourselves as well so that we might be used <laughs> to love the people that you've placed in our lives and to impact the community that we're in as you've called us to, to love and to impact that community. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.